they wanted to build a tower, the union, the invisible union, the chairman, the, the board of directors got together with the chairman of the board, the father, God, with the uh, CEO, Jesus, and the COO, chief executive, CEO, and the COO, chief operating officer, the Holy Spirit, got together and said, let us go down and confound the land. Even when um, Adam and Eve sinned, they took up the tree in the garden and um, the, the, the board got together again and said, um, let us go down and, and guard the tree of life. So these union components of the of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost being in a spiritual realm are the, at the head of our invisible union. Now there's officers in this union. These officers are angels. They do the bidding of God. They do the bidding and um, the work that's, that they're dispatched to do. Amen? Now, we know that's the spiritual realm, but yet we are in the physical realm. But yet we're a part of this union also. Someone said, what is my part? What is my part in this invisible union? Well, in the human realm, our part is to organize. And more specifically, the shepherd's job is to organize and occupy till he comes. Well, occupy till he comes is lifted up from Luke, the 19th chapter. Occupy till he comes. That is our job. That is a job description on the humanly realm in the invisible union. So we're talking about shepherds, but we also, we may not be a shepherd. We may not be a leader, but we lead in some capacity. In the human realm, to organize till he comes, it's the job of every believer. We have to organize our lives. We may not be organizing um, groups of individuals or teams, but first we need to organize our lives. So a church is, on the human realm, a church is a body of baptized believers in this invisible union. And our chief aim as every believer is to occupy till he comes. And we have four instructions as a believer. You have four instructions as a shepherd. But I'm going to give you the, uh, the four instructions as a shepherd first. Amen? Now, the shepherd, um, I, I got the, these instructions from the, the book of uh, Zechariah. Amen? So, in the book of Zechariah, it talks about woe to the shepherds. Woe to the idle shepherd that leaves the flock. The sword shall be upon his arm. And it tells you what type of shepherds are not good shepherds. So in a way of it's telling you what not what shepherds are not good shepherds, there are um, the reverse is do the opposite of what the bad shepherds are doing. So what the what the bad shepherds aren't doing are encouraging. They're not visiting those who have been abandoned. They're worried about their own needs. Now, as shepherds, we need to win souls and seek the young and to instruct. Three, we need to be a gateway for God's deliverance. For there is no deliverance in the shepherd, but the deliverance is in God. And we need to point those toward deliverance. Amen. And to heal that which is broken. 
We are to nourish the hungry, quench the thirsty. That means feed the hungry. When you see something, just don't let it pass by, but try to answer that need in some way, even if it's on a small level. Now, when we go down to the believer, chief aims of the believer are also fourfold. One is to teach and educate the lost. We're all teachers. Amen. Find that in Matthew 28 chapter, teach and baptize those according to in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Ghost. And we're also to number two, aid in destroying the works of the devil. For that's the purpose when Jesus came is to destroy the works of the devil. Yes. So we're supposed to be aiding in that quest. Amen. We're not supposed to be aiding the enemy. We're supposed to be aiding Jesus in the family of God and destroying the works of the devil. We are to also three to lead and direct others toward truth. And by doing that, we're directing them away from hell. Amen. We don't want hell to be our final wrestling place. We don't want to make hell our home because it was created not for us. So we need to lead and direct others toward truth. And for last but not least, expand the kingdom of God. And this is done by movement. By moving, by being energized by the Holy Spirit to go forward and to expand the kingdom of God. And uh, as we know, Jesus's ministry lasted for approximately three years. And as we look into our, our, our verse, Luke 19, Luke 19 uh, begins with a story of Luke um, writing as Jesus passed through Jericho. Now, the setting of this is when uh, the last days of his ministry and he had a large crowd with him. He is very popular. He passed through Jericho. Jericho is still named a name place of a place, but Jericho was thrown down and never built up again. So he's stepping on the stones that was once high walls and was a fortified city. Now it's just a remnant. Jericho is a place where... Um, um, uh, Rahab lived and helped the spies. In Hebrews uh, the 11th chapter, it says, By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. So we know that Rahab was in the lineage of Jesus also. So he's passing through the city of his great, 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 great grandmother. So Jesus is at home. He's at home. He's going toward Jerusalem, has a crowd behind him. And, and, and he's, he's approaching um, a, a place in uh, Jerusalem, and there's a man named Zacchaeus. And this man was chief among the publicans, and he, he wanted to see Jesus. And he, a crowd was around him, and he, so he climbed in a sycamore tree, Scripture says. So he wanted to see Jesus as he passed by the way. And when Jesus came to the place, Jesus looked up and saw him and said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for the day I must abide at your house. So Zacchaeus made a hurry. This man is a chief uh, publican. He's a he's rich man. And everybody, when they saw that, the people was following Jesus. They, they murmured to themselves and they said, hmm, this man's a sinner. 
And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. Sometimes the man of God just have to come into your presence and you start you start um, confessing. It don't say that Jesus said anything to him other than he just started talking. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm, I want to get it right. And Jesus said unto me, unto him, this day is salvation come to this house, for so much as he also is a son of Abraham. So Zacchaeus is one of the homeboys who, from the area who's very rich, and he Jesus encouraged this man in front of everybody else. And so to quiet all the murmurings, Jesus says, for the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, that's something that we should do in an invisible union as shepherds and, and, and as um, believers. We need, we need to do the same, to seek and to save that which is lost. Sometimes something passed by your eyes and you can see some wrong or some evil in the land that was revealed to you for a reason many times. A wrong thing or something that needs to be cleaned up or uh, cleared up or spoken about or, sp or spoken out. Sometimes these things come to our, our vision so that we may change them. For the son is a man has come to seek and save that which is lost. And even though this man was a, a, a chief sinner, it says here, a chief among the Republicans and very rich. Jesus said also salvation has come to this house. Yes. Now we know that they were on the way to Jerusalem. Jesus got a crowd with them. They could already um, go to, uh, they didn't really have five star hotels at this time. So they stayed in a rich men's houses and he really took care of his company and Jesus stayed in a classy place at that time. Amen. At the house of Zacchaeus. So on the way um, to past time, Jesus, he often told parables. Now, a parable is a, um, a spiritual story. Actually, has a, it's an earthly story, but it has a spiritual meaning. Amen. So it has a spiritual meaning. It has a higher, it's like a, a fable, but it's not a fable. It's true. It's a reality. Amen. So verse 11, it says, and as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem and because they thought that the kingdom of God should appear. So Jesus got a, a large crowd and he's he's walking toward Jerusalem and they thinking about, man, this is Jesus. We got the crowd and, you know, we're going to have a kingdom back because it was prophesied and we're going to do the things. We're going to be rulers. We, we were Jesus. He's the man. He's the king. But sometimes, you know, God's agenda may look, you may think it's God's agenda, but your agenda many times is not God's agenda. So it's so important to have God-ordained leadership. Because only God knows the course of a leader. Now, they thought Jesus was going to Jerusalem to, to overthrow the Roman government. But Jesus wasn't going to do it in a way 
that they thought he was gonna that they thought that he was gonna do it. That's why it's so important to have a leader that's led by the spirit. Unless the leader is appointed at the bequest, okay, of God, then that leader is subject to the people. In other words, if the people put you in a position, the people can take you down. So if God puts you in a position, God can take you down. He's the only one that can take you down. Because he has power, life, and death in his hand. So even if they kill you, you're not even taken down. Amen? No one knows the course of God's ordained leader. Nobody. You know, many times, because the leader don't know himself. Many times people ask you questions and what, what about this and what about that? And you're waiting yourself to hear what does say of the Lord. And they get impatient and ask you different things, but yet you're still waiting for good God to give you an answer. Scripture says, in the parable read, he said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, that he commanded these servants to be called unto him to whom he had given the money, that he may know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first saying, Lord, the, the pound you've given me, I gained 10 more pounds. And he said unto him, well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little, have thou authority over 10 cities. And the second came saying, Lord, thy pound have given five pounds. I have gained five pounds. And he said, likewise unto him, be thou over five cities. And another came saying, Lord, behold, here is your pound. Here is thy pound, which I have kept laid up in a napkin. But his citizens, he said, for I feared thee because thou art an austere man thou takest up that thou layest down not and repeatest reapest that thou did not sow and he said unto him out of thy own mouth will I judge thee thou wicked servant thou knewest that I was an austere man taking up that I laid not down and reaping that I did not sow Wherefore, then, givest not thou my money into a bank, that at my coming I might have required my own with usury? And he said unto them that stood by, Take from him the pound, and give it unto him that has ten pounds. And they said unto him, Lord, he hath ten pounds. For I say unto you that unto everyone 
which has shall be given, and from him that has not, even that he has shall be taken away from him. But those my enemies, which would not that I should reign over them, bring hither and slay them before me. And when they had thus spoken, he went before descending up to Jerusalem. So you see this Jesus passing the time, he gave them this parable. Amen. He gave them some entertainment, a parable, something, some food for their brain. Actually, he was talking about himself. Now, we see that there was a nobleman who went into a far country. This nobleman is likened to Jesus. And a far country is likened to earth. And the kingdom is likened to the title deed, the earth. So the nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So Jesus came to earth to take the title deed that Satan got from Adam. To receive from him a kingdom. Receive back earth. So we know in Revelation, the fifth chapter, the fifth verse says, And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. So Jesus, when he went to this kingdom to obtain a kingdom, he was the one who prevailed. The open the book, the title deed of the earth. And then when he called the ten servants and deli delivered them ten pounds, those were his disciples, us, the shepherds, the believers. The ten pounds are our gifts, our talents, our ability to do whatever God has given us. And it shows you that leaders that empower, lead, true leaders empower others so that they can lead. Even when they're not there. For that is the purpose of a leader empowering another. So the leader empowered those that they lead, disciple. The disciples were the followers. Those were the ones, the servants that he gave the 10 pounds to. Matthew 28, 18 says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. So he received the kingdom. After he received the kingdom of earth, all power was given unto him. Now he told the disciples to go ye therefore and to teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and then of the and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Yes. Teaching, teaching, teaching. Verse 20, Matthew 28, 20. Teaching them to observe. That's our job. You don't have to be the shepherd to teach. You can just be a believer, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Scripture says the citizens hated him. So even in the midst of this parable, he's saying that y'all 
going to hate me. He's telling them that y'all, you are going to hate me. They hated him and sent a message after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. That's Israel. That was the message. The message occurred when they, they could have freed Jesus, but they chose Barabbas. They chose a known criminal over the one who was sent to deliver them. The one who was sent to rule. But, but since when he went to Jerusalem, instead of they thinking that he's going to take over the, the Roman province of Judea, they crucified him. And they thought that he was a lost cause. But they didn't know by crucifying him, he got the victory. Verse 15 says, and it came to pass that when he returned, having received the kingdom, this is after he got the victory. He returned victorious. The devil thought he won when he had Jesus on the cross. But no, he got the victory over death, hell, and the grave. And he commanded the servants to be called unto him to whom he had given money that he may know that how much every man had gained by trading. So it's going to come a time when, when we got to answer for every gift that God has given us. Jesus got the victory, so we need to get the victory also. Amen. Nobody told me that the songwriter said, nobody told me that the road was going to be easy. But you got to go through it. There's no escape route. Many tr people try escape route. Listen to Satan. They try different escape routes, but th there is no escape route. It's appointed for once. It's appointed once for a man to die. But don't you know that many times you had you had a, you was appointed that time. Many times you had that appointment and you missed it. Don't you know that some people had near death experiences but are still walking around today? Amen. You many people have escaped the, the clutches of death. So what we need to do is to use the gifts that God gives us. Because we're going to have to answer them one day. Now it says that he, he had given them money. but well, Money has different forms. Amen. You know, Stephen Jobs, the man who created the iPhone and the iPad and all these things, he, he was very rich. But he died from cancer. So good health is a form of money. Some, if you got great health, if you're in good health, that's a form of money. Good relationships, that's a form of money. Money is just not what you can buy the the the, the, um, the the finances. So when God gives you a gift, that's a form of money. And what he's he's a wise investor. He wants you to be a wise investor also. Amen. In verse seventeen, he says, "And he said unto them, Well done, well thy good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little. Have thou authority over ten cities. So use your gift." To develop something. Occupy till he comes. That's what we're doing. Occupy. Rent a building. Rent a space. Occupy. 
via occupant somewhere. Get space in cyberspace. Occupy. Do something what God has given you to get your gift multiplied. Amen. Hebrews 11, 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we need to have faith. The cause, we have faith. The cause, faith being the cause, the effect is authority. Authority is a result of your faith. So how could you have authority in fear? It doesn't work like that. Amen. You need faith to get some type of authority. Verse 18 says, and the second came and said, Lord, thy pound have gained five pounds and likewise to him be over five cities. And another came and said, Lord, because here is thy pound, which I have kept laid up in a napkin. So whatever God has given him, he didn't do anything with it. So he didn't do anything with it. So let's see what the Lord says about that. He says in verse um, um, 15, and it came to pass when he was returning, having received the kingdom, he commanded those servants to be called unto him. Verse 21, for I feared thee because thou art an austere man, thou takest up that thou live not down and reapest that thou did not sow. He feared. The man's excuse was he feared, so he laid the gift in a napkin. He never used his gift. He never used his money. He never used his health. He never used his relationships. He never used his background. He never used his teaching. He never used what God has given him. He never used his money. He wrapped it up because of what? Fear. These were excuses. Verse 22. And he said unto him, out of thine own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. He called him wicked. Because you know that I was an austere man, taking up that I laid not down and reaping that I did not sow. You know what type of man I was. But you operated from what? Fear. You didn't operate like the other two through faith. Wherefore thou then gavest not thou my money unto the bank. At least you could have put the money in the bank. Why'd you put it in a napkin? You could at least got 0.05% something. But you put it in a napkin because you were fearful. Then he said unto him that stood by, take from him the pound and give it to him that has 10 pounds. And people always wonder why they got all that money. Why? Why can't they give money? It don't work like that. Just because somebody got a lot, that don't mean they automatically got to give to somebody because people are not wise over their finances. And it don't work like that. You may not have Okay, you may not have, but then just because a person has, that doesn't mean automatically mean that person should give to you. Because it's just like sometimes putting water into a vessel that has a hole in it. Amen? 
So you need to be wise with what you got. The little bit that you have, you need to have faith. Amen. So you see how faith works in the financial realm and with all these other gifts and talents also. So at least you could have someone else do it for you. So since the cause of faith is authority, the cause of fear is loss. Because you're fearful, you're lost. And he said unto him, Lord, he had 10 pounds. And many people say, okay, the rich get richer. Okay, yeah. It's not prosperity ministry. It's principles. And if you operate in these principles, and then you get more. For I say unto you that unto everyone that which have shall be given. And him that has not, even that he has shall be taken away from him. This is Jesus speaking in his parable on the way to Jerusalem to die. He's the only one that knows he's going to die. But they think he's going to take over some other way. But those my enemies, which would not that I should reign over them, bring hither and slay them before me. Don't you know, he's using a parable and he's saying, People don't want you to do what God told you to do. A lot of people don't want you to do what God ordered you to do. And therefore, knowing that, you operate in fear. But forget about that. Amen? Operate in faith and do what God told you to do. In Matthew 10, 36, and it says, a man's foes shall be they of his own household. So it don't matter who's against you. You know, they asked Jesus, you know, Jesus said, your mother and my father, my mother and my brother, my mother and my brother, those are the people who worship. Those are people who worship God. Those are my brothers. Those are my sisters. Amen. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. He said, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom. He was talking about himself and to return. So while Jesus is away, we got, we're on a mission. We have an invisible union working for us. Before I close, I would like to say that you and God is the majority. Not only that, you have the board of directors, you have the CEO, Jesus, you have the, the chief operating op officer, the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have you have the, 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 the Holy Spirit driving a car. Amen. Knowledge, wisdom, and understanding in the, in the passenger seat. So you have all these things working for you. So we thank God for the invisible union and we want to just exhort you to, to occupy till he comes. Amen. May God add a blessing to the hearers and the doers of his word. Amen.